Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 234. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Our wild and crazy summer of 2023 continues. And in case you haven't heard, Trump has been indicted again. And that means it's again very much a time to stay vigilant. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. So federal prosecutors have now charged Donald Trump in connection with his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The indictment was filed by the special counsel Jack Smith in federal district court, and that's who you heard there. I encourage you to read it. Read the indictment. It confirms what every independent thinking person already knows. Trump tried to overturn our election. And he's been working ever since to undermine our democracy. And it's why, until he's in jail, and maybe even afterwards, he remains the number one national security threat to America. And it's a threat that continues to exist and persist. Because right before that indictment hit, Trump also called on the congressional GOP to block military aid to Ukraine until the Biden administration cooperates with the investigations of Hunter Biden. So much for denying the quid pro quo as he did back in 2019, right? Trump is holding our national security hostage in support of a radical and reckless political agenda. It's what I think we need to call now the Tuberville temper tantrum tactic. So this week, also in the news, way below the radar behind the Trump indictment and the UFOs and all the Mets trades and everything else, President Biden has decided to keep United States Space Command in Colorado instead of moving it to Huntsville, Alabama. And we covered it on this show, the fact that Space Command was up for grabs. And this is a huge win for the state of Colorado and a huge loss for the state of Alabama. And especially for Senator Redneck himself, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville. And his involvement and his radical attacks on the military over the past few months certainly didn't help make his state's case. And just a few episodes ago, I talked to the new independent mayor of Colorado Springs, Yemi Mobilati, about it. And the mayor is now also a big winner. But the loser here is America's national security because Tuberville is still holding up hundreds of military promotions. And the longer Tuberville holds up promotions, the more he hurts our military and the more he hurts Alabama. But it's over. I don't care what Tuberville says, it's definitely over. Space Command is gone. And I got bad news for you, Senator. You're about to lose the FBI headquarters, too. Because Alabama's trying to get the FBI headquarters instead of having it go to Maryland, 
where a recent guest, Wes Moore, is now the governor. But they're going to lose that too, as well they should. Because nobody wants to try to recruit top talent to live in Alabama. And Tuberville's ridiculous military holds and statements celebrating white nationalism certainly aren't going to help his state win the FBI headquarters. It's gut check time in America. The future of our democracy is at stake, and so is our national security. And all this is bad for our national security. It's bad for our troops. It's bad for our allies. It's bad for NATO. It's bad for Ukraine. It's bad for America. And is bad for attracting independent Americans in a general election. But this is not about any of that. This is about feeding the base. This is about fueling what I call the American insurgency. And it's about blowing up everything in support of what you want personally. It's why Trump is the ultimate political suicide bomber. It's a tactic that's worked for him to rise to power. And it's why now Tuberville and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and so many other radicals have adopted the tactic. To hell with America, as long as they gain power and push forward their destructive agenda. It's the Tuberville temper tantrum tactic. It's political suicide bombing, perfected by Trump. But despite all of this, to my knowledge, not a single United States senator has called for Tuberville to resign. Not one. Not a Democrat, not a Republican, not an Independent. So all of you who are in the Senate this summer that say you're outraged and say you stand with our troops, what are you doing to stop this embarrassment to the Senate? Stop bloviating. Do something. Because the American insurgency is growing. Roughly half of Republicans and over a third of Democrats believe America is on the brink of civil war. If such an unthinkable war breaks out, it will be the Democrats' fault. In their quest for power, radical elements within the Democrat Party have abandoned any pretense of fairness, tolerance, and justice. So radical Trump crony Peter Navarro is warning that there'll be civil war if Trump is arrested. And as of July, Prosecutors have now charged nearly 1,100 people in connection with the January 6th attack. And the Justice Department could ultimately bring indictments against as many as 1,000 more in the months to come. That could mean over 2,000 people arrested in connection with January 6th. That's almost two battalions in the Army. And I say lock them up. Lock them all up. Because they remain a threat to our national security until they're out of commission. And it continues to include military veterans. Two brothers, both military veterans, were arrested by the FBI this week and charged with federal felonies after online sleuths identified them as rioters who had broken into the Capitol and clashed with police on January 6th. The Justice Department alleges that William Beerbrot is the man who had been dubbed Crowbar Beard Guy because he used what looked like a crowbar to smash a window, break open a door in the Senate, and attack police. Online investigators later realized he had used a cane. And video from January 6th appears to show Beerbrot missing part of his right foot and using a knee scooter to go up a ramp at the Capitol before he smashes the window with a cane and goes inside, at times using the wall for support as he clashes with police. 
and Joseph Bierbrot followed his brother and shoved the guy who appeared to be a security officer up against the wall before he clashed with other officers further inside the building. They were identified by members of a community known as the Sedition Hunters, who have been aiding in the arrest of hundreds of Capitol Hill rioters. Check them out. So I say hooray to the Sedition Hunters and down with the American insurgency. Because although we're deep into the summer, and I'm trying to spend more time at the beach, and I hope you're getting a rest from all this madness, the stakes continue to be so damn high. And it's fueled. This entire insurgency is fueled by its own demented media ecosystem. An ecosystem that tried to hit me last week. Yep. Last week, radicals from far-right, conspiracy theorists, and pro-Russian media made me their target. There are all these websites and these so-called experts, but these sites, their bots, and their bad actors, surrogates, distorted my words, twisted my messages, and did what they do every day. They pick an outspoken critic of one of the three, either Trump, neo-Nazi groups, or Russia. And then they echo misinformation, and they swarm online to stoke anger among the most extreme, radical, and angry elements of the internet, and in America in particular. They want to stoke the anger of the radicals in their base, often encouraging intimidation and violence, all in a continuing effort to grow the base of radicalism, which is almost always aligned with neo-Nazi, anti-LGBTQ, anti-Semitic, pro-authoritarian, pro-Trumpism, and pro-Russian interests. And they want to encourage anger, chaos, and division in America. That's what they want to do. And they did it this week when I said on MSNBC that we should look for new ways to expand laws to go harder at radical extremist neo-Nazi groups like the Patriot Front and the Oath Keepers. Instead, what they twisted it into was liberal MSNBC guests wants to use Patriot Act to lock up Trump supporters. That's not what I said. That's not at all what I said. And it unleashed a flurry of wild, crazy threats, attacks, and just nastiness directed at me. Someone called Julius Pepperwood said on Twitter, you're a fucking retard. Someone called I Am Jesus Christ said, violence against people like you is completely justified. Someone called Mike Jopnik said, anyone who has a Ukrainian flag in their bio or name is a cuck and can't be trusted. Paul Rykoff is a fascist pig. This is what gets unleashed. Also, welcome to Elon Musk's Twitter or X or whatever it's called today, but it only gets worse every day. And many of these groups and people are overt in their desire to overthrow our government, install authoritarians, and create civil war. In fact, lost in the scrum of all this is that the comments that caused this incident were started by Peter Navarro advocating for a civil war. That's what they asked me about on the show. And these people, these actors, these websites, they're all part of what I've repeatedly, publicly referred to as the American insurgency. They often choose voices who appear on media sources outside of their media ecosystem, 
rather than on their own radical, dangerous, and anti-American sites like InfoWars and The Daily Wire, which is run by Tucker Carlson, or from voices like their elected leaders, radicals like Marjorie Taylor Greene and other members of the radical Confederate wing of the GOP. They target activists, journalists, authors, and anyone who challenges them, anyone who calls them out. So this targeting of me is not unusual. It's a strategy. And it's one they employ daily, both in the United States and worldwide, often targeting Ukrainian President Zelensky, President Barack Obama, and others. But this week, they chose me. Happy summer, everybody. Next week, it'll be someone else. And often, once someone is selected and injected into their sick and twisted insurgent media bloodstream, they keep you there, continuing to rally hate and anger at you to further their larger radical agenda. It's what feeds this beast. And that beast is trying to destroy our country. That beast is the American insurgency. That beast has our enemies celebrating. And I share all this with you so you can be aware it's happening. And so we can all work together to combat it. If you're not online much, or you don't follow or work in politics or national security or activism, you might not see it. Or you might ignore it when you do. But I share this with you now so you can be aware it's happening and because it's a real, growing, and dangerous threat to our democracy, to democracy anywhere, and to any leader and their family who speaks out. And it all comes back to Trump. And it all is intertwined in January 6th. January 6th was the most high-profile manifestation of all this. It happens with groups in coordination and via lone wolves. That's the scope and diversity of the threat. There have been others that are less vast and high-profile and often underreported and quickly forgotten. Remember the plan to kidnap and kill Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Or remember when Paul Pelosi was attacked inside his home by a radical guy with a hammer? I share this all with you so we can all be aware it's happening. And so you can join me in being a part of pushing back and defending our democracy. I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, or none of the above. We can't ignore it any more than we can ignore other national security threats throughout our history. From the Nazis in World War II to radical Islamic terrorists after 9-11. This is the biggest national security threat we face, and it's from within. And it's not going away, people. We all need to work together to call them out, push back, protect each other, and defend America. Because this summer, the stakes have never been higher. And we're all in this together, all of us, including you. So please, learn more. Get involved with leaders and groups that are working and fighting back. Like any other great fight facing America, we can and will prevail. But it'll be hard. It'll be long. And it'll require all of us to work together and stay vigilant. So, I'm in the midst of the chaos. And part of why the chaos broadly across America is happening is because positive change is also happening. Positive change that many don't want to see happen. Some positive change that doesn't get nearly the press it should. Like this week, 
President Biden signed an executive order that will overhaul the Uniform Code of Military Justice, stripping commanders of their authority over cases of sexual assault, rape, and murder. And they will ensure prosecutions are independent from the military chain of command. This is something that I and other advocates have been fighting for for almost two decades. It's important, it's urgent, and it's good. Finally, it's so long overdue, and it will undoubtedly save and improve lives and make our military stronger. So, while Tommy Tuberville continues to try to weaken our military, this will make it stronger. Because when our troops are protected from rape and sexual assault and murder, they and our entire force is stronger. And we've been fighting for this for years. And there's much work left ahead, but many leaders deserve thanks. Many thanks to all the brave survivors, especially who courageously spoke out and told their stories. To the activists who kept pushing for change year after year. To the few veteran service organizations who were willing to take this issue on. To the brave BSO leaders that pushed other veterans organizations to come along, despite massive resistance from the older legacy groups. Thanks to the forward-looking leaders inside the military, who spoke out and were quietly inside for change. Thanks to the folks in the media that covered it with care, respect, and precision. And thanks to the unfortunately too few politicians who stood with us to call and push for change. And thanks to President Biden for finally making it happen. I've been hard on him at times, and I will praise him at times, but I will always call it like it is, and he deserves credit here. And thanks to everyone who joined the fight and helped in any way. Advocacy is never a big bang. It's a drumbeat. And sometimes that drum's got to be beat for decades or longer. And together on this issue, we never stop beating it. And now we finally have the change we've needed. And future generations of service members, our daughters and our sons and all Americans are safer and stronger for it. Onward. I'm skipping the interview conversation this week to try to keep it short and sweet and because I want to break. I want to switch it up for you and for me, and I'm trying to spend a couple more days at the beach. So I'm skipping the interview part, and I'm just giving you what kind of used to be a dispatch. And as a part of that, I want to give you a quick hit of what's happening inside the independent movement. Did you know that 80% of Arizonans support nonpartisan primaries? It's true. This isn't anywhere in the news. Vital new research is out from Jackie Sollett and Tom Riley of the... Arizona voters are declaring their independence from the two main political parties. And according to a new survey being released Monday, from the way those parties force them to select candidates. This past week, we learned that independent voters, registered independents who basically don't declare any party, are now a plurality of the voters, the largest slice of the three slices we have, Democrats, Republicans. And that's for the first time in, I think, nine years. Mm. Is that a trend that comes and goes, or do you think it's here to stay? I think it's here to stay. I think it's increasingly 
the case that voters don't want to be forced into a category. They want to vote for the person, not the party. They feel that the parties are corrupt and that they're more interested in their own self-perpetuation than in doing what's right for the people that they're supposed to be representing. The winds of change are blowing in Arizona and nationwide. 80% of Arizonans support open primaries. And independent Americans are growing in number and power. We want overdue change that's good for us and good for all Americans. Now, Jackie and Tom have been doing excellent work around these issues for a long time. And they've said for more than a decade that the national political parties are what's polarized, not the American people. And the center is shining light on that. And their Center for Independent and Sustainable Democracy is shining light on that in new and innovative ways. And I hope they'll join me on the show in weeks to come. But the change is happening. And the growth of the independent movement is continuing. So the summer crazy and he continues. But so does some good change. Change we can all be proud of. And finally, speaking of something we can all be proud of this summer. Not a moment too soon for the U.S. The state's off to the knockout stage for the ninth straight Women's World Cup. But for just the second time, they failed to win their group. The Dutch claim the top spot. Look at that gaudy goal difference for the Dutch, plus eight. There And my goodness, is there a lot to talk about? This the first time the U.S. has ever won just once in World Cup group play. And Carly, I have never seen this program hanging on for dear life like they were today. The Women's Soccer World Cup is back. And so is the amazing and usually dominant U.S. team. Now, I love this U.S. Women's National Team so much. I love them every four years. Every World Cup, they're a new version of the best of what America is all about. Now, they almost lost to Portugal and almost got knocked out in the first round. But like our democracy, they survived by the skin of their teeth or by the strength of a crossbar that stopped a Portuguese shot. Like how our democracy survived on January 6th by the strength of our Capitol Hill police and by our Secret Service and countless other true heroes that we'll never know about. But they're a reminder, just like on January 6th, that in the darkest of times, there's always light. And there's a spirit of that light that can guide us forward. And that's what this crazy summer of 2023 feels like. The world is on fire. The seas and the land are in flames. But we got a pretty amazing supermoon outside. And we found a vaccine for COVID. And Trump is finally facing the music. Justice is slow in America. But it's not dead. Honor is hard to find in America, but not if you look outside of Washington or below the headlines. Integrity is battered in America, but it's not gone. And the younger generation, 60% of which are independent, are rising to meet that challenge. And they better be ready, because a generation of American leaders are about 80 years old and could go any day now. Biden, Trump, Pelosi, McConnell, Feinstein, Sanders, they're all about 80 years old. They're all not in the best of health, and they all could be gone by this time next summer. 
So rest up, enjoy the summer, stay ready, and stay vigilant. Powered by Righteous Media.